We now know that wealth isn't the goal that the old pirates used to have. Wealth is energy. Hey, it's Anita, and this is the Anita Posh Show. Hello, everybody. It's May 7th, 2021, and this is Last Week in Bitcoin. Don't mess with Bitcoin is this week's topic. Richard Buckminster Fuller, who lived from 1895 to 1983, was an American architect, author, designer, inventor and futurist. In 1967, he predicted something like Bitcoin and the new wealth it would create. Because now I'll have to talk about something that, uh, that, which will be one of the very big uh, new realizations by 2008, which will be a realistic scientific accounting system of what is wealth. We now know that wealth isn't the goal that the old pirates used to have. Wealth is energy, and we have an Einsteinian world in which the scientists found that when energy left any local system, energy was engine, it only did so by joining another system. It did not go out of the universe. But experiment after experiment, they found the energy never got lost. So they had to write an entirely new law of energy, called the Law of Conservation of Energy, which said energy can neither be created nor lost. So this suddenly we got a new clue to wealth. Wealth is not something that's going to deteriorate and, and, and get lost, which was a great, a great way of thinking uh, and, all the, and all the economics. Next thing I discover, that wealth is, consists of something more than energy. It considers. So I find that normally that every time we use it, we say, I make an experiment. Now, every time you make an experiment, you always learn more. You can't learn less. You may learn that what you thought was happening isn't happening. That's, that saves you a lot of your time. We want to then increase the effectiveness of our time. So I then say that the intellectual factor in wealth is one which every time we use it always improves. We always learn more. I've discovered that the energy part can't run down and the intellectual factor every time we use it improves. Therefore wealth I discover is something that always increases. So that I would then point out to you that we are going to be able to afford to, to make everybody customers. And we're going to be able to afford then to bring in your Africa. And this is, this is the answer to your question. We talk about well, the world, all world. We're going to have to make all of humanity successful or none. We're going to be able to afford to make all humanity successful. Also, for instance, people living in Africa. That's also the reason why one year ago I was asking my followers for Bitcoin donations for St. Anne's School in Zimbabwe. With these funds, Miss Aura, the headmistress of the school, was able to secure a new school building and to reopen. Since my visit in Zimbabwe in early 2020, the economic and living situation for Zimbabweans has gone worse. High inflation, a complicated and not functional multi-currency banking system, as well as capital controls, make Bitcoin the seemingly perfect solution. Miss Aura is explaining how Bitcoin can empower Zimbabweans. What do you see are the use cases for Bitcoin in Zimbabwe? I feel like it could apply everywhere, especially for young people who are starting their businesses. Like, I feel like community development, okay, my, my involvement, maybe let me backtrack a little bit around, yes. you know, yes. how I've come to adopt Bitcoin. Initially, it was just through sort of St. Anne's, but obviously as you're dealing with it, you know, through watching how it works with donations, you know, on your own, you start to get your own sort of ideas of, of how you could use this. So I've become sort of like a Bitcoin, a, a mini Bitcoin evangelist. I'm like a Jehovah's Witness of Bitcoin. 
Um, <laughs> door to door. Have you heard about Bitcoin? Um, <laughs> so I've, I've, I've gone through a process of like, I've, I've had like my parents, for example, live in a very sort of remote sort of town, very small, obscure kind of town called Chegutu. And I've had them jump on board, you know, and, and starting, you know, really? yes. So they've got their wallets going and now they're educating themselves. And now they're sharing with their friends who live in even smaller towns and cities and saying, Hey, you should open a oh, Bitcoin wow. wallet. Um, I'm always telling people open a wallet. If, if I have anything in my Bitcoin, I always send like maybe five bucks or 10 bucks if I can. And, and just say, I want you to just watch it just for a month, just sort of, you know, see how it works. It's, it's not your money. So you don't feel panic because a lot of people tend to feel panic that putting my money in this volatile, risky thing. And what if my money just disappears? You know, um, it's easy to just put five, mm-hmm. 10 bucks for someone that five, 10 bucks is a lot of money. It can do a lot, you know, so I try to sort of mitigate that by, funding their pre-funding their wallets and just sort of just to help them build confidence so um i've seen it help especially in terms of like just supporting in communities where maybe it's not as accessible but it's not difficult trying to build networks around you know where they can because again in zim it's really about the fiat currency we're not quite yet in the savings frame of mind because a lot of people live hand to mouth you know um, it's hard to do that when you don't know where your next dollar is coming from. But in terms of the simple things like how to send money without super huge charges amongst each other, just within our community, sort of building our own kind of bank, you know, our own sort of banking system. So I see Bitcoin definitely, you know, becoming a lot like EcoCash and how people treat EcoCash. And I feel like savings has become a big part of it. I then do like joint family savings where we all put our money together. Let's talk a little bit about the effects that uh, the donations we did in October had on the school. Due to COVID-19, um, we weren't getting any new school fees. We were unable to pay our rent. We weren't able to meet any of our obligations and or in areas where network is very bad. So we went for a hybrid approach. So we, we bought um, a printer. We bought uh, like bond paper. We bought stationery for all the students, masks, sanitizers, everything they could possibly need to start homeschooling. Because the, the idea was that we now need to bring school into the homes. So that's sort of where we started. And that was our sort of first interaction with donations from, from, um, through Bitcoin. The donations have given the children a place to learn. This boy is going to have education for the rest of the year, despite whatever happens in his household. Iran's central bank is trying to regulate mining. Bitcoin mining is done with energy. That's also the segue from Richard Buckminster Fuller's ideas to the central bank of Iran, which is banning transactions with Bitcoin that were mined outside of Iran. Within Iran, it's only possible to transact with locally mined coins. It's known that there are Iranian mining farms. In April, it was announced that miners who connect to local mining pools could receive a 15% discount on their electricity tariff. It seems the idea of the Iranian government is to get a foot in the Bitcoin world by enabling value extraction via taxation or hold and use Bitcoin themselves. I agree with Tour de Mesta, who is expecting that after experiments like these, we might see countries allow for Bitcoin to be used as a full currency alternative to the national currency. I guess it's really a good idea for countries with cheap and renewable energy resources to mine Bitcoin for themselves. Clean mining is censored mining. 
trying to take control of mining is really going to be a thing in the future. Earlier this year, two of the largest Bitcoin mining companies in North America, Marathon Patent Incorporations and DMG Blockchain Solutions, joined forces to create the Digital Currency Miners of North America, the first North American mining pool with a legal entity. They are pioneering a technique called clean mining, meaning they select which transactions to process based on wallet information instead of the most lucrative fee options. They are promising to only mine transactions that the government approves of. I'd say clean mining is censored mining. On episode 100 at anita.link slash 100, Jameson Lobb and I am discussing the possible strategies and outcomes of this attempted attack on Bitcoin. And yesterday, Marathon mined their first clean block. And then Bitcoiners started to send non-compliant Bitcoin to Marathon's address from sanctions nations to taint the clean block. As Abt out on Twitter says, it would be a shame, an absolute shame, I tell you, if Iranian Bitcoiners were to dust the Coinbase output address in this block. Receiving payments from Iranians is considered sanctions circumvention by OFAC. And then he, <laughs> he puts the Bitcoin address inside the tweet. So regulators, you really have a hard job. But if you feel that someone's got to do it to try to regulate and ban Bitcoin, do it. Mining is getting more decentralized. Last week, I pleaded for China to ban mining, especially with energy from coal power stations. This week, one of the biggest mining pools, F2 Pool, announced that the first time in their eight years of operations, they have seen more hash rate coming from outside of China than from inside. Taproot activation. What is Taproot? In short, it's a soft fork to the Bitcoin network, a software change that will improve the scripting capabilities and most importantly, the privacy of Bitcoin and Lightning by making channels look like regular Bitcoin transactions. And with Taproot, even the most complex smart contracts would, on the blockchain, typically be indistinguishable from regular transactions. Since Bitcoin is the best chance to secure our financial privacy in the future, it's very important that Taproot is activated. To start the activation process, 90% of the mined blocks have to signal the deployment by their mining pools. The signaling method is called speedy trial, and it works in periods of 2016 blocks, meaning that within a 2016 block period, 90% or 1,815 of the 2016 blocks have to signal for readiness. It's not necessarily over if one period does not succeed to reach 90%. It just means that we will have to wait until the next period. The speedy trial ends in August. After this, no speedy trial deployments are possible anymore and a new soft fork deployment method has to be developed. But if 90% of the blocks signal readiness within a period, the Taproot software will be activated in November. On a website called taproot.watch, you can watch the current state of the signaling. Old men yelling at Bitcoin. Charlie Munger hates the success of Bitcoin and Warren Buffett is nodding grandfatherly in agreement. Those who know me well are just waving the red flag of the bull. 
of course I hate the Bitcoin success. And I don't welcome a currency that's so useful and to kidnappers and extortionists and so forth, nor do I like just shuffling out a few extra billions and billions and billions of dollars to somebody who just invented a new financial product out of thin air. So I think I should say modestly that I think the whole damn development is disgusting and contrary to the interests of civilization. And I'll let, leave the criticism to others. <laughs> I'm all right on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was a guest at the Paul Barron Network this week. Do you feel that we would see, and I, I don't want to look at this in a bad way, do you feel like that we could see traditional uh, currency and tracking of the monetary system continue to push away from Bitcoin to be able to control the currencies out there? I, I guess, of course, they will try to, to control Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies as far as they can, because uh, the system, uh, you know, there are a lot of people profiting uh, of the current system. And uh, it's like people like Peter Schiff or uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, who were profiteering uh, a lot of this system. And of course, they say, no, this new thing is a fad and it's all a scam. Um, but it ain't. And I think um, the, the, the young children generation lives on and in and with the internet and like for instance the gaming industry is, is bigger than the movie industry and the, and the music industry and um, now you can like live stream and pay people um, in Ether or Bitcoin at the moment while they are playing and they get the money without any intermediaries right. and I think that's also the basic idea behind Bitcoin to be money from the people and for the people and so I, I really can only say to, to everybody who's listening, individuals, regular people, learn, educate yourself, uh, try it out with a little bit uh, of your money because even the big ones do it already. And now is basically the time to, to front run the big companies, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you feel, so your confidence level is very high, obviously, on this being a shift in this, uh, in the monetary system. Do you feel like this is going to be one of those things where cryptocurrency could become the digital gold of the future and, and potentially displace, you know, traditional stored value centers like gold. Um, but obviously we're going to be dealing with most likely a digital dollar in the coming years, most likely the digital pound in, in and when those countries being the U.S., Great Britain, um, obviously China is already moving this way with them establishing a digital currency forefront. I guess the question is, how much effect do you feel like that will have on cryptocurrency in general? Do you feel like it's just going to make it even more popular or more, more aware of how other alternative currencies work? Or do you feel like the digital currencies could take over? I think that many people will use uh, digital currencies, central bank digital currencies, because mm -hmm. they are also used to the fiat money that's basically a hierarchical system from the state for them. And they will go on to use that. And we will, but we will also see um, corporation money like DM from Facebook. I'm quite sure that this will come soon. 
And um, and then we have the, the third uh, kind of money, which are cryptocurrencies. But here we also have to differentiate between uh, Ethereum or Cardano or whatever and Bitcoin. Because for me, right. on, only Bitcoin is uncensorable and has these um, open permissionless and also leaderless system of money. And so um, I think... Those three systems uh, will run some years par in parallel, and okay. um, there will be use cases where people see and learn um, that Bitcoin might be better for them, or yeah. in another use case, another cryptocurrency might be better because it's maybe cheaper or something. You know, so I think as much as we as this is developed, and at the same time we will learn how to use it in the best way for us. DeFi on Bitcoin is coming. Rootstock is a sidechain of Bitcoin that enables a virtual machine to run smart contracts. The launch of Sovereign has helped Rootstock surpass 1,400 Bitcoin in total value locked. Rootstock has currently over 259,000 smart contract transactions and almost 50,000 active users. As a result, the Rootstock network exceeded fellow Bitcoin-based blockchain Lightning Network for the first time. In addition, the high value of total value locked is proof of the growing demand for DeFi on the Bitcoin network. Sovereign co-founder Eden Yago is explaining the advantages of Bitcoin DeFi to other blockchains in my recent interview with him. It's anita.link slash 105. That's it for this week. I wish you a wonderful weekend and I hope you will be back next Friday when it's time for Last Week in Bitcoin. Thanks so much for joining the Anita Posh Show today to learn more about Bitcoin. If you want to get the best stories in Bitcoin from my point of view in your mailbox, go to anita.link slash weekly and subscribe. And if you have a question or just want to send me some feedback, drop me a line at hello at anitaposch.com. See you next week when it's time for the Anita Posch Show. Music, start with yes, delicate beats. Content, idea and production, Anita Posch. <laughs>